Today's scripture reading is from 1 Samuel, the 24th chapter, 24th chapter, the first through seventh verse. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep's pen along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this, this day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up, crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. We are continuing our look uh, at David from the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we're coming up uh, just a few more uh, opportunities to unpack this and then we will conclude this head into our seasonal ser series and then in uh, January we'll start a, a, a new study uh, in the New Testament. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. But this series we've entitled uh, David an unlikely king and the last time we saw how David fearing Saul fled uh, fearing Saul fearing for his life uh, he fled and went to Nob to uh, Elimelech, the priest. He's there. He lies about his situation. He says that, uh, you know, I've been sent here on a secret mission by uh, Saul. I'm, uh, I'm Agent Double O David, and I'm, I'm, I'm here on a secret mission by Saul. But his lie only lasts for so long because he's spotted by one of Saul's uh, officers. Uh, and so David gets scared, and he runs. Now, I don't want to go over the outstanding job that Pastor Nate did uh, on last week, but, but again, this, it, it, begs the, it really begs reminding us that a lie only goes so far. Sooner rather than later, your lie is going to unfold. And so, uh, so he says, I'm here for these reasons, and those are all lies. And uh, it, one of uh, uh, Saul's uh, advisors or officers is there, and so uh, he runs. Um, so, uh, he heads to, uh, Achish, uh, the king of the enemies of Israel. The king of the enemies of Israel. He, he, I mean, and by extension, if you're the enemy of, of God's people, you're the enemy of God. And so he runs off to, to them, uh, for, uh, protection, for, for safety. Uh, so, again, I'm running from Saul. I go to the, the, to the house of the Lord, if you will, to the priest. Uh, one of Saul's people are there. I'm afraid of him, uh, so I'm afraid I've just got spotted. So now I'm going to run to Gath, and I'm going to go to the king of the enemy of the people we're at war with. If that isn't crazy, I don't know what is. That is just, that is just, that's just ridiculous on, on so many levels. But it reminds me of me. Eh, it reminds me of me, some of the things that I would do have done, hopefully won't continue to do, 
that when I find myself in a situation, it's like, you know, it, I've shared with you before, you, for those of you in the medical field, you, you, can, you can prove it or, or, or not. Uh, they say that uh, 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 man is the only animal that when they're lost, they run faster. Man is the only animal that when they're lost, they run faster. And I, and I know that's the case for me. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, fourth grade, I'm lost in the hills of Coloma, uh, up there by uh, uh, where uh, the gold was discovered. I'm out in the middle of the, in the, in the forest with me and two other of my friends, and we get off trail, and we're running around. Uh, shouldn't have got off trail. Shouldn't have got off trail, but I was off trail. Found myself lost. What do I do? I start crying. I know, you guys wouldn't do that. I was in fourth grade, Matt. I was, just, I was in fourth grade, so I was crying. I wasn't like 58 crying, but, uh, but, but, but what, do, what do we do? We run faster. Let's, let's hurry up and get more lost, if you will. <laughs> and that's what David is doing. He's, 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 he's fearful. He's in a bad situation. And so what does he do? He runs faster. So he goes to the enemies, uh, to the king of the enemies of Israel. Uh, but, it's, 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 and, 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 but as I, I continue to remind us, wherever you go, you'll, you'll find yourself there. Wherever you go, you're there. So you can run, but when you arrive wherever you're at, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. So whatever situations that you're dealing with are going to be there when you get there. Um, and guess what? Somebody's there, spots David, and says, now, aren't you the guy that they were singing songs about? Uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but you have killed your, your, your ten thousands. Is it, are, are, are you the guy that they're talking about? Uh, and, and, and so what's... what's uh, What's David's response? When David realized that he had been recognized, he panicked. Fearing the worst from Achish, king of Gath. So right there, while they were looking at him, he pretended to go crazy, pounding his head on the city gate and foaming at the mouth, spit dripping from his beard. Achish took one look at him and said to his servants, can't you see this guy's crazy? Why did you let him in here? Don't you think I have enough crazy people to put up with here as it is without adding to another? Get him out of here. Get him out of here. This is, just look at the irony of what, this is David. This is the anointed one. This is, and, and this is what, what a sad picture. He's not bold. He's not operating in the strength of God. Now he's a, a fearful coward hanging out with the enemy, acting crazy. So David makes his escape, hides out in the caves. He and 400 uh, 400 people, uh, what, the, what the Bible describes as uh, family members and folks, literally, this is a translation from the message version, folks down on their luck, losers, vagrants, and misfits. Losers, vagrants, and misfits. These are, this, is, this is David's mighty group. This is the anointed king of, of, of soon-to-be king of Israel. Uh, hiding out in caves, trying to figure out what to do next. So in the meantime, Saul finds out that David was supported by the priest Ahimelech, and so he has him and 85 other priests killed. Your sin, you think that your sin, you, you, it's like a rock in a pond, oh, you know, it, or, or it's contained in a vial. But no, actually your sin is like a rock in a pond, and it has ripple effects, and it disturbs folks around you. Your sin is, you need to think of sin as a contagion. It, 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 it's not something that, oh, well, you know, it's just me. No, it's, it's you, and it's everybody around you. You know, folk, folks, 
folks of you, for those of you who have family members that are struggling with issues, you know the sin in their lives, and you know the impact it has on, on everybody around them. You know, they say, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, if sin's in the camp, ain't nobody going to be happy. If there's sin in the camp, everybody is affected. That's why you can't, you can't, you just say, well, uh, you know, this is just my sin. No, if, if it's your sin, it's everybody's sin. If there's an issue, it's everybody's issue. So not only does 85 priests are killed, all the women, the men, and the children in Nob are killed. Uh, the animals, they're killed. Uh, it infects everybody. And in the 23rd chapter, we read about this deadly cat and mouse game between Saul and David. David attacks the Philistines. Saul hears about it and chases David. David hears about Saul's pursuit and he runs. Saul is closing in and things look really bad for David. You know, it's, it's, I mean, really, this is gripping stuff. And David was in full retreat, running with Saul, run, running with Saul and his men closing in, about to get him. Just then a messenger came to Saul and said, hurry, come back. The Philistines have, have just attacked the country. So Saul called off his pursuit of David and went back to deal with the Philistines. That's, that's how the place got the name Narrow Escape. David left there and camped out in the caves and canyons of Engedi. So the 24th chapter begins. After Saul, after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able-bodied, abled young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. If, as, you, as you read the text, you'll see that there's about 600, David's group has grown to about 600. 600 misfits, vagrants, vagabonds, just, just, just the narrative well of the countryside. 3,000 crackerjack elite troops. Things couldn't have looked too good for David. Uh, but we re if, as you read the text, you'll see in the 23rd chapter, Jonathan David uh, met. And Jonathan uh, was there to encourage and to remind David, uh, that's why it's so important to have just the right people in your life. You know, at just the right time, when things don't look like they're going so well, you have the right person at the right time in your life. And in verse 16 of the 23rd chapter, you'll read, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father knows this. See? So what's your point? Well, my point is, the evil one knows he has no control over your soul. The evil one has no control over your soul. But what the evil one can do is steal your joy. He can cause you to doubt. He can cause you to get off, off focus. He can cause you to do those good things, but not the best things. Uh, that's, that's what the evil one could do. So it's important that we have strong spiritual people in our lives to provide perspective, encouragement, and even correction. See, I, you, you need people in your life that can, it's like, uh, my wife, is, I, I've shared with her, uh, shared with you before, uh, when it was, this was actually before I inherited some, some clothes that were passed down, you know, some, some suits that were passed down. I thought I was looking good. I thought I was looking, and she said, you know, you can wear that jacket, you can wear those pants, you just can't wear them together. <laughs> you need people in your life that love you that will help you, that will tell you the truth, 
It's like, ouch, ouch. Well, I, I didn't say it because I didn't love you. If I didn't love you, I'd just let you go out and look like a clown. It just, you know, it's like, but, but no, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm to, trying to give you strength. And that's exactly what uh, Jonathan did for David, uh, providing that encouragement and correction in our lives, especially when we're in the middle, when we're in the middle of the battle. So uh, we read here in um, verse 3. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there. And Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, huh, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Picture this now. Again, just, just a reminder. Saul is pursuing David. He's trying to kill David. David is in the cave with Saul. So it would logically follow, right? It's like, what would we say about this time? Isn't God good? Ain't he all right? Look at it, ain't he all right? Man, ain't he all right? God is so good. He just brought my enemy right here on a platter. Oh, he's sitting here. He's going to the bathroom. Oh, I got to do it. I got to do it. His own buddies, his own buddies were telling him, this is the day. These were, to use today's parlance, these were some God-fearing people that were there for David. And it's like, you, this guy, David, can you believe this? He's right here. Kill him. Be done with him. This is it. See, see, that's, that's exactly how we would look at it. See, in our, in our sin, we will look at it just that way. See, see. Remember, we did that, 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 that systematic study of the uh, first three chapters of Genesis. There was a tree in the middle of the garden that was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was there. It was there intentionally. It was put there for purpose. It was, the, it was meant to, it wasn't accident. And God didn't just think, well, I think uh, that tree, I don't want, no, no. I put that tree there, and I put that tree there with specific instruction for you. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Don't you dare eat of it. Well, see, it's God's fault. See, he shouldn't have put, he shouldn't have put the tree there. That's, that's the problem. If he wouldn't have put the tree there, then we wouldn't be in the pickle we're in. If, if Saul wasn't in the cave, how in the world is God going to put that there for me? Uh, for, I mean, he's right there for the plucking. You know, am I, not supposed, am I not supposed to? Well, what's your point? Every opportunity that comes to us is not for us to take. Everything is spiritual. But every opportunity, we can't say, oh, well, you know, uh, it was meant to be. Was it meant to be because you meant it to be? Or is it meant to be because God wanted you to do it? Yeah, yeah. See, we will, we will sit there and do certain things and ascribe God's uh, 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 providence to our behavior. And that's not the case. And to the point, not all counsel is good counsel, even when it comes from those that love you. 
all counsel is not good counsel. Well, you know, you, you know you're right. You know you're right. You, you, you know you're right. I wouldn't take that. You know, that's what Job's wife said. You, you know, I'm looking at the situation. I married you, so I must be some level of love there. You know what I would do? I'd curse God and die. That's what I would do. Given your situation, I would curse God and die. What did Job say to his wife? It's like, basically, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. No, that, that's, that's not good counsel. We can't just sit there and say, well, because brother so-and-so said, or sister so-and-so said, who are they taking instruction from? Well, 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 they're, they're in the church. Well, the evil one's in the church. We, 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 we have to dial down at a different level. We really have to dial down at a different level. So, so uh, and, 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 not, and not quote God's promise and misapply it to our, our, our situation. You know, that's why Jesus, Jesus said, it, you know, when, when, when the evil one was coming, Satan was coming at him and telling him, well, you know, do this, do this, do this. And every time Jesus would respond, but the word says, but the word says, but the word says. It wasn't like, well, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't do that. It's, the word says. The word says. See, and we won't know what the word says unless we're in a situation where we know what the word says. That's called Bible study and small group. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's <laughs> So how do we know that this was a misapplication? Well, go to verse 5. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. You didn't go, you definitely, you can't even come up, you can't even be received by the king unless he grants his permission. You come. And you would sit there and you've got the audacity to sit there and, and cut off a piece of his robe like a trophy? Uh, have you lost your mind? Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Probably my favorite portion of scripture in the whole, in the whole Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Well, what should I do? What job should I take? Should I have kids? Should I not have kids? Should I marry this person? Should I not have this person? Have you visited 3, 5, and 6 lately? A lot of times we'll just do what we want to do, what feels right. It's situational. It's like, okay, this is, this is it's, it's, if, if God, if, if, why did God, I asked God for a sign and he gave me three green lights in a row, that must be the sign that God wants me to do whatever he wants me to do. And we don't even sometimes do that. So, and what we can't do, what we absolutely can't do is do what uh, the late Flip Wilson said, well, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. You did it. You did it. You did it. Oh, the devil made me. No, no. What are you saying? The Bible's a lie? Because the Bible says greater is he that's in us than the ones in the world. So you're saying that, so what you're saying is, well, the devil trumps God. No, no, that's, 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 that's from the pit. Um, I'm telling you, I've said it before, I say it again. Some of the best things that I have ever done are the things that I didn't do. I'll say that again because it doesn't make sense. Some of the best things that I have ever done are the things that I didn't do. There are a lot of things, I, in retrospect, that's like, boy, if I had done that. If I would have said yes to that person and said, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you. And we, 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 we don't understand the depth 
of relation or the depth of application of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that if we trust him, if we depend on him, if we commit to him in all our ways, he will direct our paths. That's just, it, it's, that, that's, it's just a fact. Um, but in order for me to do this, that requires my yielding to the Holy Spirit. Every believer, every believer, every believer, every believer has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Every believer. If you've, if you've confessed Christ, you've got God resident in you. Well, then how come some of us act a fool and some of us don't? Uh, because some of us are yielding to the Holy Spirit and some of us aren't. Some of us are, on that, are further along on that process of sanctification than, than others of us. There are varying reasons for that. But we cannot say, the devil made me do it. I couldn't help myself. Uh, I, I just needed to get this off my chest. I just needed to say this. No, no, that's, that's from the evil one. That's from the evil one. So we have to be yielded. Um, it doesn't, I mean, the corollary to that, it doesn't do, it, it's meaningless and actually worse than meaningless. On the one hand, to read our Bibles, profess a relationship or love for God, but on the other hand, do things that dishonors him. What does that mean? What's that about? You know, some of the, I've, I've told, I've, I've shared before, some of the honoriest, meanest, most cantankerous people are those that are confessing Christians. And before the world says, get, gets this podcast and say, well, see, I knew it, they were there, they, they, it, it's all a fraud. It's like some of the meanest, honoriest, and, and cantankerous people I know are, are unconfessing Christians too. So it, 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 it's all about, it's all about relationship. Uh, I'm almost done. That's why the scripture lets us know. In John, the 10th chapter, what am I sheep? My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. And that's not, as I was sharing with someone today, uh, it's, it, a lot of times we look at these things of, of patience and listening, and, and we think of those things as almost like a passive thing. No, they're very much an active thing. It's active listening. It's actively waiting. It, 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 it's not just, okay, Lord, well, you said you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Do it. I'm waiting. No, no, no. It ain't going to happen. My sheep listen to my voice. What does Jesus say? I know them, and they follow me. There, there's a quid pro quo that, that, that my sheep are in Bible study. They understand the point and purpose of the study. They've applied it to their lives. They are active in their faith. I know them. They know me because they follow me. There's a relationship that goes on. There's an exchange that goes on. See? Uh, action follows call, but hearing requires relationship. Action follows the call. Action follows the call, but hearing requires a relationship. Uh, I am closing, I promise. Uh, I remember uh, there was one time, I, and I can see it in my mind's eye, we were worshiping uh, 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 along Del Paso Boulevard as a church was being built, one of the last churches my father uh, led the construction on. Uh, and I wasn't doing anything bad, I was just being a, a teenager. I think I was in high school. I'm in high school, Erica. I'm in high school, and my father could put the fear of God in me like nobody's business. In high school. And I was talking during worship, during the point of communion. That was just like, that's, you've, you've, you've crossed so many uh, uh, bad, you, you, you've, you've offended in so many ways. Uh, he didn't have to say a word. 
he just looked at me and he said, I'll see you later. Just like that. The whole worship experience was, was gone after that. It was, it was fear after that. It's like, but dad, but, but dad, you don't understand. Afterwards, you don't understand. I wasn't talking, someone was talking to me, and I responded back to what they were saying. And uh, he said, okay, okay, all right, I, I hear you. Uh, but essentially, I'll translate what Reuben said. I've registered this in the book. If there's something else that comes up in the, in the near future, then uh, it's, it's, it's double payment. Uh, what am I saying? Anybody could have said that to me, and I would have just, who are you? Who are you? But because he was my father, because I had a relationship with him, because I knew what, I, I knew what, not only what he desired of me, but I also knew the consequences of, of, of my uh, wrongful action, uh, that created a different, just a look from daddy was all it took. Uh, David had the opportunity. He even had the encouragement of others to act. But he would have been wrong. He was listening to his father. See, He didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of God rested on them. So Saul leaves the cave. David calls out to Saul. David bows in humility. He acknowledges Saul's position as king of Israel. And he explains that I'm not a threat, but I'm a servant. I'm a dead dog. I'm a flea. I am, Saul, I am nothing. You do not have to worry about me about anything. What David does is what we don't want to do. He submits himself to God and God's authority. David does what we don't want to do. He submits himself to God and to God's authority. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I am. He said, You've treated me well, but I have treated you badly. If we would just wait on God, he will work everything out. Saul declares that David will become king and asks that David treat his family kindly. Now, this isn't the end of the story. Saul gets beside himself, and he starts pursuing David again. But let's just stay right here for a minute. And that's what, that's, that's what God will do. That whatever situation is going on in your life, instead of you trying to fix stuff, just, just let God do it. Let God, let God intervene. Let God fix what needs to be fixed. Uh, despite circumstance and appearance, God's word never fails. God said that you, David, are going to be king. David will become king. There was, and, and all of the ups and downs and the twists and turns, truth be told, a lot of that had to do with David, the anointed one. I know, hey, I was just minding my own business. I, I had a spear chucked at me. As a, that some things, some, some things you don't do. Some things that, that, that the sin in others causes impact on you. But there are other things that you do that causes dysfunction in the relationship and collateral damage. Yes. Be it in our homes, in our communities, in our cities, in our country. God help us. And even here in assemblies called City Church. Amen. Let's pray.